Thank you, Bill. Good morning, everyone. So good to see you all. It's so good to be with you. I hope you are doing well. Hope you're having a good weekend. And, you know, Bill's already alluded to this, but we had a fantastic time in church last weekend, didn't we? I mean, you could sound a little bit more enthusiastic, but I had a fantastic time. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. <laughs> Martin and I had a great time in church last weekend. But last weekend, we, of course, celebrated Easter. On Good Friday, we remembered the sacrifice that Jesus made for humanity. We remembered the fact that he died in order to save us from the consequences of our sin and our wrongdoing. And then on Resurrection Sunday, we celebrated the fact that Jesus rose again in victory and in triumph. We celebrated the fact that he defeated death. We celebrated the fact that he rose from the grave and that he's alive today. That is the good news that we have been celebrating. And you know, the amazing truth is that the good news doesn't end there. The good news kept on coming. Because although shortly after Jesus' resurrection, he ascended to heaven to be with his father, Jesus told his followers that once he departed, the helper, the Holy Spirit, would be sent. The Holy Spirit would soon come and he would fill the believers with power. And that is what I want us to think a little bit about this morning. And you know, in all honesty, this message would perhaps have been better suited for Pentecost Sunday. But actually, I really do believe that the Holy Spirit wanted me to bring this message today. Because I believe that he wants to meet with people today. And he wants to fill people today. We don't have to wait until sometime in the future, another day, to meet with the Holy Spirit. But he's here right now. And he wants to meet with us. So I'm expectant this morning. I'm excited And I really do hope that you are too. But before we go any further, I want us to turn to the scriptures together. And we're going to read two passages of scripture this morning. The first one is found in Luke chapter 24. And then we're also going to read some verses from Acts chapter 1. But in Luke chapter 24, we see that Jesus has risen from the dead. And we're now starting to read about his post-resurrection appearances and he appeared to a couple of his followers on the road to Emmaus and he chatted with them about the recent events concerning his death but they had no idea who they were speaking to and you know it is a brilliant account because they spent a long time walking with Jesus telling him that he was dead and the whole time Jesus is trying to point them back to the scriptures And remind them of how the Messiah had to die and then rise from the dead. But they just weren't getting it. And eventually they reached their destination. And Jesus just sort of acted as though he was going to carry on walking on. But then they they invited Jesus in. Still totally oblivious to who this man was. And so they went into this house. And they sat down. And Jesus broke the bread. And he gave thanks. And the Bible tells us that when he did that, suddenly their eyes were opened and they believed. They recognized who he was. And then he just disappeared out of their sight. And suddenly those two disciples who had spent hours walking with Jesus, telling him 
that he was dead, started saying, Ah, yes, we knew it was him all along. My heart burned within me as he chatted to us on the road. Did, did your heart burn? Oh, yes, my heart burned within me too as he spoke to us. We knew it was him. And I'll be honest, I don't think they had the foggiest idea. But in the end, they recognized him. And they traveled to Jerusalem and they met up with some other disciples. And they were telling them about what had taken place. And then whilst they were still there talking about all of this, Jesus appeared to them. And he showed them his wounds to prove that it was really him. And then in Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 45, Jesus explains to them what has just happened in terms of his death. And he also explains to them what is about to happen next. And it says, beginning at verse 45, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high." Jesus gives them that promise that they will be clothed with power from on high. And then Luke gives us a bit more detail in the book of Acts. And so if you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 1, the first eight verses of that chapter say this, and I'm going to dive straight into it. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. The title of my message this morning is this. Don't you know that your power has a purpose? Yeah, that's right. We're back to don't you knows again. Don't you know that your power has a purpose? And you know, this is actually a really challenging message for me to bring. And I've been challenged whilst I've been preparing it. Because if I'm really honest, what I wanted to kind of highlight this morning, a part of what I wanted to highlight, was the fact that I think sometimes as Christians, and especially for us as Pentecostal Christians, concerning the Holy Spirit, we can get so caught up in sort of emotions and feelings 
that we can forget that actually the Holy Spirit doesn't come to make us feel good or just to give us a great experience. We often talk about our experience with the Holy Spirit and he is someone who we experience. But ultimately his power has a deep purpose and that purpose needs to be exercised in our lives. And so that is my assignment for this morning. Thank you. Or if I was to put it another way, then I would say this. I want to speak to you this morning about three things. Promise, power, and purpose. Note takers in the room, those would be a good three words to note down. What I'm bringing this morning isn't a traditional sort of three-point sermon, but if it was, those would be my points. Promise, power, and purpose. After the resurrection of Jesus, but before he departed to be with his father, Jesus reminded his followers of the promise of the Holy Spirit. We just read in Luke 24 verse 49 that Jesus said, I am going to send you what my father has promised. After Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit was poured out as promised and he empowered the believers. They were filled with power as they received the Holy Spirit. Jesus had told them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that power has a purpose. Jesus had commissioned his followers. They had a task to do. They were to go out and preach the gospel, make disciples, and join Jesus in his mission as Jesus built his church. And the power that they received from the Holy Spirit was going to enable them to do that. Their power had a purpose. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You see, the purpose of the power was to empower them to do something, to be something, and to live out a particular lifestyle that Jesus was calling them to. So that's where we are going this morning. And you know, I don't know what your relationship with the Holy Spirit is like right now. Don't panic. I'm not going to come around the room and ask you all. But you know, if I did do that, then there's a lot of us in this room, and I suspect I would have a, a wide variety of answers. For many of you, you would hopefully answer by saying that actually you have a very close relationship with the Holy Spirit, that you know He lives within you, that you recognize His power at work in your life, that you know His voice and you often hear Him speaking to you. But then for some others, the answer might be actually that you're not so sure. Perhaps you don't know his voice. Perhaps you're not sure if you do hear him speaking to you. Maybe you sometimes struggle to see any evidence of his power at work in your life. And then for others still, the answer might be, well, who is the Holy Spirit? What's it all about? I don't understand. And if where you're at is one of those latitude that I just mentioned this morning, then I want you to know that that's absolutely fine. And I don't want you to feel guilty about that. I don't want you to be anxious about that. 
But I do pray that you might really encounter him this morning. I want to share with you a little bit about my journey with the Holy Spirit. And can I just say for anyone who's here and perhaps you're new to church or perhaps you're new to kind of thinking about the Holy Spirit, then if anything that I mention in the next few minutes seems a little bit weird or sounds a little bit crazy, then please don't worry. Because honestly, it seemed weird and crazy to me at first too. And it took me a long time to kind of get my head around some of what I am about to share with you. But I really wanted to share with you a bit about my experience so that you can realize that actually I haven't always had it all together and I've been on my own journey with this kind of stuff. But for me, I mentioned uh, last weekend at our Good Friday service that I was born into a Christian family. I grew up in church. And for me, because I grew up in a Pentecostal church, I think from a young age, I've sort of always been aware of the existence of the Holy Spirit. From a young age, I knew the terminology. And I understood, even if it was just a very loose understanding when I was younger, that we believe that God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I knew a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But from a young age and into sort of my early teens, I didn't really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And actually, my perception of the Holy Spirit, the way that I thought and felt about the Holy Spirit, wasn't very positive. And, you know, I think the reason for that is that growing up in a Pentecostal church, and by the way, I grew up in a fantastic church, and I'm glad I was raised there, so I don't think I'm knocking that particular church. And I'm also not knocking Pentecostalism, because... We're Pentecostals. But for me, growing up in a Pentecostal church at that time, when I was a lot younger, I would often sit in services where the Holy Spirit was clearly on the move. But, you know, sometimes it would be wild. Sometimes there'd be times, maybe during prayer ministry, or maybe things would start to kick off at a different point in the service. And maybe some people would start to shake quite vigorously. Sometimes there'd be hysterical laughing or hysterical crying. Sometimes people would fall to the floor. And for me, watching on as quite a young child at that time, I thought it was strange. I thought it was quite scary, actually, because I didn't know what was going on. But even worse than that, I didn't see that there was any purpose to it. I'd watch these scenes unfolding, and I'd hear some people chatting after the service, and they'd say things like, oh, that was wonderful. The Holy Spirit really met me in a powerful way today. Wow, that was incredible. I can't wait until next Sunday so that we can do it all again. Uh, there didn't seem to be any purpose to it. And they'd walk out of the doors of the church building. And there didn't really seem to me to have been any change that had occurred in their lives as a result of their encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, looking back now, I realize that perhaps there was change taking place and I just couldn't see it. But at the time, it didn't seem that way to me. And I'd watched some of the same people coming back week after week, going through the same routine, you know, shake, shout, fall, shake, shout, fall. And there didn't seem to be any point to it. <laughs> I'm glad you're seeing the funny side. <laughs> And maybe someone's offended, but I'm sorry. I'll apologize after. <laughs> but 
But, you know, this went on for quite some time within me. And, and during the services, I would be there and I'd be sort of saying to myself, this, this is not for me. If this is what the Holy Spirit does, is this, if this is what he comes to do, then I, I'm fine as I am. Thank you very much. And this went on for quite a while. And then as I started to get older, I started to attend a summer festival every year, a Christian festival for young people called Soul Survivor. I'm sure some of you in the room are familiar with the work of Soul Survivor. And during those services, there'd always be times of prayer ministry at the end. And they'd pray for the Holy Spirit to move and rest on people and fill people. And often the same kind of scenes would take place as to what I was used to witnessing back at home at church. Some would shake, some would laugh, some would fall. And I'd be stood there and I'd be saying in my head to the Holy Spirit, don't, don't you dare, don't you, don't you come near me. This I'm fine as I am, thank you very much. But you know... We laugh, but I really believed it. I believed that I really was fine as I was. I believed that I really was fine without the Holy Spirit because I didn't understand what was going on. And nobody had ever really explained to me that actually his power has a purpose. Or at least if they had explained, I hadn't understood. And so that would go on for some time. It's almost fear that was within me of the Holy Spirit where I thought it was wacky and strange and I'd put up my guards and I'd kind of resist him. But then one year, everything changed for me. I was back, it was the summertime again, I was back at Soul Survivor. And it was during the service where they were teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this time it was sought in a way, taught in a way that was so, so clear. And as I listened to them speak about the Holy Spirit's power and how he comes to fill us, to empower us in order to go out uh, and, and be disciples and witness. And actually, the penny started to drop for me. And I realized, you know what? This, this stuff isn't optional. But if I am to live the life that God is calling me to live, and if I'm to do the things that God is calling me to do, then I can't get by without the Holy Spirit. I need him. I realized that Jesus didn't send the Holy Spirit as sort of a kind gesture or an optional extra. But actually, this is fundamental to our faith. As they taught, I also realized, thankfully, that the Holy Spirit doesn't come in order to make us shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> now, I say that, can I just say, there are times when the Holy Spirit meets with people, and there are physical, visible evidences of that taking place. Sometimes the Holy Spirit might come and heal someone who's been carrying hurt for a long time, and there can be tears and crying that comes out as that pain is kind of brought to the surface and dealt with for one final time. Sometimes there can be laughter as the Holy Spirit gives joy to someone who perhaps hasn't experienced joy for many years. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can come and break something that's been a, a real stronghold over someone's life. And they might start to shake almost as if they're shaking something off of them. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes and rests on someone in a way that is so heavy that they don't feel that they can stand under the weight of what he's doing. And so they may fall to the floor or they may decide to have a lay down. I'm not trying to speak against these physical uh, responses to the Holy Spirit. But my goodness, if we make it about physical responses, if we make it about having a good feeling inside of us, then we've missed the very essence of who he is. And what he does. Yeah. 
And so for me, back in that service, they began to pray for people that the Holy Spirit would fill people for the first time. And the usual scenes would take place as to what I was used to. But, you know, this time I knew that God was at work within me. And suddenly I was at total peace with what was happening around me. And in that moment, I invited the Holy Spirit into my life for the first time. I invited him in and he came. And it was absolutely incredible. For me, perhaps unsurprising, given the journey that I'd been on with the Holy Spirit, it was very calm, it was very gentle. The only way I could really describe it to you is that it was like a a real influx of his love and his presence. And the only visible sign that anything was happening to someone who was looking on would have been a few tears that just gently rolled down my cheeks as I experienced his love and his power for the first time. And from that day onwards, my life was changed forever because now I'd received the Holy Spirit's power and now I realize that actually his power has a purpose in my life. You know, it's so important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit doesn't come just to give us a good experience. He doesn't come just to make us feel good, but he fills us. He comes to live within us in order to transform our lives. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us to carry out God's mission on earth. And yes, receiving the Holy Spirit is a wonderful experience, but it's so much more than that for those of you in the room who have received the holy spirit i want to ask you this morning do you know the power that is within you don't you know that according to romans 8 verse 11 the very same power that raised christ jesus from the dead is alive in you that is the power that lives within us that is the power that we possess I wonder, is that just a Bible verse that you quote? Or is that something that you know to be true in your life? The Holy Spirit doesn't come to give us goosebumps or a warm, fuzzy feeling. He doesn't come to give us a tingle in our spine. And you know, honestly, that may sound silly, but I've I've known people over the years who have made it about external things. I've met people who seem to think that the Holy Spirit comes to make us feel good and give us a memorable experience. But scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit comes to transform our entire lives. And he does it not from the outside in. He does it from the inside out. He comes to empower us to carry out God's mission on earth. And yes, there can be physical responses. I'm I'm not disputing that. But it doesn't start on the outside. It's the transformation has to start in here. God has a redemptive plan to transform the world. And he's using you and he's using me in order to do it. But he has to transform my life before he can use me to transform the lives of others. His power has a purpose And it's not about making me look good. It's not about making me feel good. But it's about empowering me to be able to run the race that is 
before me. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we're told that the Holy Spirit was sent to empower the believers in order that they might be witnesses. Have you noticed the difference in the disciples from the end of the Gospels compared to what we read in the book of Acts? Just before Jesus' death, his followers deserted him. They were petrified. They ran off in fear. Peter famously denied even knowing Jesus three times. But as we read through the book of Acts, we see that those very same followers who deserted Jesus through fear have now become bold witnesses for Jesus. So the question is, what changed? Well, certainly, they encountered Jesus after his resurrection. They discovered the resurrection of Jesus. They discovered the fact that although Jesus died, he didn't stay dead. They discovered the fact that he rose from the grave in victory and in triumph. And I'm sure that lifted them. I'm sure it reignited their faith. I'm sure it spurred them on to keep living for him. But you know, even more so than that, I think the Bible is quite clear that they became bold witnesses for Jesus because they had received the Holy Spirit. They'd been filled with his power and that power had a purpose. In the first passage of scripture that I read to you, Jesus told his disciples that the gospel would be preached in all nations, starting in Jerusalem. He told them that he was sending them, but then he warned them, stay here. Stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. What he was saying to them is don't go without the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then again, that promise of power in verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Jesus said to them, I am sending you, but you cannot go in your own strength. You cannot do what I'm calling you to do in your own power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then, and only then, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And even to the very ends of the earth. And let me make this really personal. He says to you this morning, I'm sending you. You are a sent one. He says to you, I'm sending you. He calls us all. He sends us all. But his warning is there for us all that we cannot do it alone. So embrace him this morning. Embrace him. Embrace the Holy Spirit. Embrace the promise. Embrace the power. Know that his power has a purpose. 
You know, I really do feel as though I'm speaking to someone today. It might even just be one person, but I want to say to you, don't put it off like I did. Don't hide from it. Don't try to resist or avoid the Holy Spirit, but embrace him today. Embrace him. The good news that I've tried to communicate with you this morning is that God has provided us with the power that we need to do what he's calling us to do through the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. And you know, for a number of weeks now, we have been speaking about how we are sent ones, how we are burning ones, how we are called to be a witness in our community. We've been inspired as we've heard stories from others in our church family who are serving Jesus and who are being a witness for him. But I'm telling you this morning that there's only one way that we can do that effectively. We can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is at work within us. He has empowered us to do that which we are called to do. That's the good news. Unfortunately, there is some bad news, though. And I close with this. Do you want to know what the bad news is? Some of you are thinking, no, not really. (laughs) Leave the bad news. Just finish the sermon there. (laughs) The bad news is this. There are no more excuses. If what I am saying this morning is true, then the excuses are gone. I'm not good enough. doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit lives within you now. He's good enough. I'm not clever enough. Doesn't matter. He'll show you what to do. He'll give you the words to say. I'm too young. I'm too old. Nonsense. God has declared in scripture, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And you know, when he says all, he really means all. Young and old, rich and poor. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are or are not. It just doesn't matter. He's calling you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, and if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit empowers you for service. And so there are no more excuses. A bit like what Bill said a few weeks ago. Don't you know? Well, now you know. Now you know. So the excuses are gone. Promise, power, and purpose. Don't you know that your power has a purpose? And that purpose is to be lived out in your life and in my life. Shall we pray for a few moments? Yeah, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your power. I thank you for the fact that we weren't commissioned and commanded and told what to do and then sent out to do it by ourselves without any help. I thank you for the fact that you were sent to go with us and to live within us, that you empower us to do what we are called to do. Father, would you help us to remember the power that is at work within us when perhaps we forget? 
when we act as though we are living in our own strength? Would you remind us of the power that is at work within us? When we're feeling like we can't do it, when we feel like giving up, would you remind us that actually the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and working within us? Would you help us to remember, Father? And for those of us in the room who are perhaps yet to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I just pray that your, your mind would be opened, that your spirit would be receptive to receiving his spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would speak to us. For some of us, perhaps, we need a refilling. Perhaps we haven't encountered you for some time and, and you're, you're, still, you're still working within us, but we need to be filled afresh. Would you do that, Holy Spirit? you do that would you move in this place father i thank you for your word thank you because your word is truth and it is power and i ask that you would continue to speak to us you would continue to probe us and to help us as we seek to be better followers better disciples better witnesses for you would you help us in jesus name Amen.